You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Today, we are jumping into our third week of yoga philosophy, and we're hitting it pretty hard with one of the niyamas called Brahmacharya. It's one of my favorite niyamas. It actually translates from Sanskrit to English to mean to move towards the supreme consciousness. And many people who study Brahmacharya from a yoga perspective have connected this with sexual purity. In ancient yoga philosophy, they kind of meant it to mean celibacy. And in my yoga training, we studied the ancient texts on this word, and we really began to understand it something more fully as being satisfied through the divine and not going to, like, quote-unquote, earthly places to look for our satisfaction. Maybe you guys have heard the story of Jesus meeting the woman at the well and how he tells her, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give them shall never thirst. When I think of brahmacharya, this is what I think of. I think of learning to train the animal within us to go to the right places for our satisfaction and to not go to excess and needing more to try to satisfy ourselves, as that is a lost cause and an, a wrong use of our energy. In yoga philosophy, it teaches that, that we have this life force, this energy, and that we shouldn't be wasting it in places of no use, of places that don't serve us or give to us or not life-giving. And so the idea is that when we go to external circumstances to try to gain satisfaction in our life, it actually ends up creating the opposite and it will never be enough. And that the only place to really get true satisfaction is in the present moment. And the reason is because in the present moment is where we can meet and connect and walk with God. And so here's the idea. When we keep going to our food, to sex, to our phones, to other people's opinions, our passions for our own satisfaction, it will always fall short. And we lose the gift of satisfaction that never stops. We, we lose the ability to experience the true abundant life, to experience true and pure joy, which in yoga teachings only comes from the divine. So if you go to a yoga class or you study yoga philosophy, you may hear this described as just non-excess, not using our energy in places that don't make sense and having excess, right? In our society, in our culture, this is not well understood or practiced. And I believe a major reason for so much of our pain and our suffering that I'm watching with my clients and with myself even comes from from being out of touch with this principle. And so I hope that you're really hearing this. We are literally thirsty. We're hungry for something that we can't find and we're never satisfied and we keep going to the wrong places and it's not serving us in any way. So let's jump into what it looks like to be out of alignment in this area of our life. Okay. Maybe you want to do even like a little self-awareness check-in with you. Are you overfilling your schedule so that you feel important? Are you having thoughts like I need more of this? When you already have a lot of whatever that is, right? Like for me, it's so funny. Sometimes I do it with my house. I'm like, I need more plates, even though I have plenty of plates. But but like I saw this other person, I'll just feel better if my house has more plates. 
I'll just feel better if I get the right thing. I'll just feel better in here. Is if I can just if I can just have what I need, it will satisfy me. But it's all fake. It's not even true. And you know it's not true because how often have you said, I'll feel better when I get this, and then you get it and it doesn't feel better. I know a lot of people feel this with weight loss. They're like, oh, if I just lose this 20 pounds, I'm going to feel so much better. But guess what? Your thoughts come with you. If you're not satisfied now, it'll never be enough then. Okay, let's keep going. Maybe you eat past the point of nourishment. Maybe you get so wrapped up in a project or your work that you don't pay attention to your kids or you start barking at your family. Maybe you go to an unhealthy place internally in order to satisfy your sexual desires. Maybe you're using your phone as a buffer instead of being present with your emotions. Maybe you're drinking alcohol or using drugs or something, anything just to numb your emotions so that you can feel good for a minute. These are just a couple of the ways that you might be out of alignment with this principle. I find brahmacharya really interesting because it's not a problem to eat. In fact, it's necessary and it's great and we're supposed to enjoy eating food, right? It's not like, oh, don't don't do anything that's enjoyable. Don't have any pleasures. No, that's not what this concept is teaching. It's the idea that when we go past the point of just enough, when we go past the point of nourishment, it actually ends up hurting us. The tool that's used to build the most beautiful creation can become the tool that cuts our own hand off if we're not careful. And that's why it's our duty and our job to bridle these passions, bridle this energy and use it in a way that is constructive and helpful instead of in a way that is creating harm and problem in our life. It's not a problem to work on a passion project. It's actually really great and necessary and the world needs people working on passion projects, right? But Brahmacharya teaches if we rely on outside sources to satisfy us, we ultimately will be let down. We will continue wanting more and more and it will never be enough and eventually we'll get burnt out. Eventually we'll, we'll give up. But when we, when we come to these projects, when we come to our sexual life, when we come to our food fully satisfied, we can experience it so much differently. We can experience it and it can be enjoyable. And we're not just looking forward and getting out of the present moment, but we're not looking forward to how we're going to need more and how to get more and why we don't have enough. And it creates so much tension inside the body. So how do we know what is enough? This is where we have to use discernment and we have to know what stories our mind is telling us versus what our bodies actually need. For example, you may be having a hard day and what your body needs is for you to sit in some of those emotions, you guys. Like sometimes we just need to, to be with the difficult or with the negative. But your mind reminds you, but hey, last time you felt grief, last time you felt anxiety, you got on your phone and you had a hit of dopamine and it felt good for a second. So why don't you go do that to make yourself feel better? But your higher brain, your your more logical mind, right? It's like, well, I felt better for a second. 
But then after I felt actually worse, and it actually didn't take away the grief because here I am feeling it again. Ever notice that? Your mind tells you stories that don't align with your body's needs. You're out of harmony. You will get a little hit of dopamine when you eat the treat, but you won't feel better. You'll get a little dopamine when you get on that phone, but you won't actually feel better. And you'll end up feeling worse. You're going to be lethargic. You're going to be overfull. You're going to be numbed out. And you'll still have those feelings. Your mind will tell you, have another one. (laughs) It's meant to do this, you guys. That felt better for a second. Just have another one. You will have to obey because there's nowhere else to turn unless you learn that that's not where satisfaction comes from. So you guys, what if we didn't listen to the stories in our minds? And what if we walked with the divine, quote unquote, walked with the divine the way that Brahmachari teaches by getting deeply present? I really think this is the way. I quote this 5,000 million times. If you listen to my podcast, you're like, I already know what she's going to say. And I'm going to tell you guys it again. C.S. Lewis says that the present moment is the point in time, which time touches eternity. Essentially, if you want to walk with your creator, if you want to land where you never thirst again, you got to get present. And that's really hard in our society. So I'm not just like, hey, this is so easy. Stop buffering. Don't do anything in excess. And you guys just like get present. Although it is that simple, it's not easy to practice. Because it requires a little bit of walking through fear and it requires being okay with a little bit of discomfort. What I mean by that is when we get present, there's usually a moment of discomfort first because we have to be okay with the feelings that are coming through. We have to be willing to sit with them. And most people don't want to do that because it's really uncomfortable. For instance, let me give you an example. One way that helps me get present when I'm in a really highly emotional state and I'm having a hard time coming out of that is cold water therapy. I've noticed that if I shift the water to ice cold, it puts me into a very present moment because the only thing I can focus on is that cold water on my skin. And so I'm just very present with it. And then it helps me move out of like this, all my fears and stuff because I I just have a moment of really deep presence. But before I can turn on the ice cold water, there's this moment of a lot of fear for me because it's like, I have to be really willing to be uncomfortable. I have to be willing to have cold water on my skin. And that feels so scary to my body because it's like, I hate this. We don't want to do this. This is going to be uncomfortable. But when I turn the water over and I feel that cold water on my skin and I walk through that fear, I move through the fear, I get into a place of deep presence in that cold water. And then it's interesting because after I turn it off, that presence kind of stays for the rest of the day. So there's there's a little plug for cold water therapy. I'm all about it. I love everything that Wim Hof is teaching right now about cold water. But let's keep going. Can we get more present with our feelings? Can we get more present with our thoughts? And then can we align our feelings and thoughts with the higher power? I think that's where true satisfaction comes. I also think true satisfaction comes from being grateful. You really can't be grateful without being present. Think about that. When you're in a state of gratitude, it brings you into the present moment. So can you become an observer of the divine and find gratitude for all that is happening around you, that is divine, the earth around you, nature, people just outdoing good in the world? Like be 
that fly on the wall. In the last week, we talked about Swadhyaya being the fly on the wall to ourselves. Like Brahmacharya kind of invites us to be a fly on the wall to God and to find satisfaction in it all and to find gratitude for it all and to be really present with it all. Really see the divine. In LDS scripture, it states, See that ye bridle all your passions, that ye may be filled with love. So, what are your passions? Sometimes I have to bridle my passions because I can make them really big in my mind. I do this, and I think a lot of you guys probably do it too. I I go, If I just make this much money, then I'll feel better. If I just have this much, If I just get this couch I want, Colton, don't judge that. (laughs) I want a couch so bad. Colton's like, bridle your passion for a minute. (laughs) So I want you to ask yourself a question like, what are your passions? Here's a fun one. If I just finish getting my house clean, then I'll feel satisfied in my home. How true is that? You will feel good for five seconds. It will quench your thirst for a minute, but it will never be enough. You'll keep coming back for more. And then obviously like you're on earth, someone's going to mess up your house and then you're going to be mad. And it's like, then you become this victim to your circumstance. There's a TikTok right now and I laugh because I think of this Niyama when I hear it and it says, it'll never be enough. Never, never enough. <laughs> Do you guys know which one I'm talking about? I'm not very good at impersonating it, but I, I every time I hear that, I laugh because it's so true. Like it'll never be enough <laughs> as humans. That is kind of a deep rooted belief, but we don't have to fall into it. I like to think of all of our passions that we've talked about as energy that has a lot of power. Sex literally has the power to create life, right? Food literally has the power to sustain life. Anger literally has the power to take life. Our passions, especially that help people, have power to change this life. So I think it makes a lot of sense that the yogis, that Jesus, that prophet scripture and most philosophers agree that learning to harness that power so it's effective and use it and using it effectively is crucial i want you to think of like an atom when it's organized and focused it it creates literally everything and anything but when it's split when it's disorganized it creates chaos So when these energies, when these powers are not organized and in harmony with the spirit, it will create chaos in your life. A physical example where excess literally creates chaos, think about it, is in a hoarder's home. When we don't know how to harness the energy of having, it actually creates chaos. So with my clients who start making a lot of money, A lot of times they don't know how to harness that energy and use it effectively. And it ends up creating more chaos instead of giving them that satisfaction that they wanted. So ask yourself a question. Where am I allowing excess in my life? What do I currently have too much of? What do I spend too much time on? What do I allow too much of my energy to go towards? What am I using too much of? What would be a better use of my energy? How can I get present and like the yogis say, walk with the divine? What about you guys? What about 
instead of needing a new thing for your house or instead of needing that new cute trendy outfit, what if instead of needing to go get a drink at the drink shop four times a day (laughs) or a coffee and get a little more hit of caffeine, what if instead you sat outside and you got really present and you just marveled at all the little things? What if you practiced being satisfied with just sitting on your front porch for a day? What if you practice not needing to do anything? I'm not saying that you need to do nothing all the time, but I'm saying, what if we practiced like this? I think you will feel a lot different, and I think you're going to feel a lot more satisfied in your life. Contentment is never quenched by more. We think it is. If I just get to this place, I will feel better. If I just eat another bite, then I'll be, I'll be satisfied. It's not true. It's literally a ploy from the adversary himself. (laughs) It will never be enough until it's enough. You get to decide what's enough. You get to decide when it's enough. And let me tell you, it will never be enough until it's enough. Right now, you can be enough. You can have enough. How would it feel in your body to not need anything? You can go and experience that right now by getting present and grateful. God is the living water. Drink from that cup. (laughs) Go spend time in God's time. Go get present. Bridle your passions. Use them to nourish you, not to kill you. The funny thing about never being satisfied is it takes away all that power. It takes away your life force to create. It dulls you. The whole point of, of Brahmacharya is to teach us that like getting that extra hit so that you don't have that boring, dull feeling in your body, getting that hit of excitement, getting that hit of dopamine, It's tricky because it doesn't actually give you what you're desiring. It ends up doling. It ends up doling your own life. It's so tricky. So how do we actually practice non-excess? I have some ideas. The first idea I have is fasting. This will kickstart you into training the animal within you and teaching it that it doesn't need more than it needs. But just because it wants it, it doesn't isn't going to get it. It doesn't get it all the time just because you want it. Your body is fine for a day without food. Show it. Show, teach it. Teach your mind to obey, right? In a lot of religions and spiritual practices, fasting is an integral, a part of the experience of becoming, but people don't really get why. And I've noticed that most people don't understand why we're doing that. They are told fasting brings blessings, but they don't understand why we fast. But this is my belief on why. It's because when we're fasting, especially with the spiritual purpose attached to it, we're training the animal within us not to go to food for satisfaction, but to go to the divine for our satisfaction. We're training the animal within to harmonize with the spirit. And that's where our true power lies. And when we have that true power, then there's ability to create miracles. There's blessings predicated on using that power correctly. So I highly, highly suggest fasting. Part of my membership is that we're going to have bi-monthly challenges. So when we, do it, when we get this app all out into the world in the next little bit, we're going to have these bi-monthly challenges. And I'm going to encourage my community to do a monthly fast. And not a monthly fast, sorry, to do a month of fast. Like we're going to, we're going to take a month and we're, we're going to do fasting together. Because I want to teach you guys how to show your bodies what's up. <laughs> 
we're going to learn how to fast and it's going to be incredible and I can't freaking wait. Anyways, another practice is eliminating unhealthy buffers. When you need to be present with your emotions or with your kids, I buffer from like my kids when they're like whiny or screaming. Sometimes I'll just like go get on my phone or like go in the the laundry room or in the pantry and get like a treat or something, right? But when when we do that, it doesn't actually heal anything. It doesn't actually help anything. It gives us a quick hit that makes us feel better. But instead, you guys, don't go to your phone. Don't go to food or sex or alcohol. Go deal with your emotions. Go be present with them. Go see what they're needing to teach you in the moment. Your, your emotions, your feelings are messengers and they have something to tell you. And when we run from them and we go other places, we never can learn it. And they keep coming. You know it. They'll keep showing up. They want you to learn what you need to learn from them. So why not instead walk towards them? It's going to be a little uncomfortable being present with our emotions. There's going to be a little negative emotion. There's going to be a little fear involved. But what about if we walk towards the fear, walk towards those negative emotions? There's a lot of power in that. Buffers take away pain for a minute, but they leave you needing. They leave you wanting more. They actually don't make you feel better. It's a trick. (laughs) It's just such a trick. Next thing is start physically. Like this one's really important. What stuff in your house needs to be eliminated? What stuff in your house distracts you from getting present? What in your house is chaotic? Can you eliminate? What about in your schedule? What are you doing that is not serving you? That is taking your life energy and it's not using it to create more power. Can you eliminate it? I love this book. I can't recommend it more. It's called Essentialism. It's so good. You guys go read it. But the idea is that just practice the essentials. Practice being present with the divine. And I think you're going to be surprised at how much pleasure, how much passion, how much goodness is used. But it's in an organized way. And you're going to be able to create things you didn't even know were possible. You're going to be able to reach goals you didn't even know were possible for you to reach. It's funny because I love talking about goals, but really these spiritual principles are the way to reaching our goals. Train the animal. That's my my two cents, you guys. I'm going to say it at the end of every podcast, I think. It's going to train the animal. That's how... It will ask for more. The animal within you is going to ask for more. Give me more. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. Until you decide to be satisfied. And that looks like practicing gratitude, practicing presence, walking with God, seeing the awe, being in wonder, awakening wonder within yourself. Using your energy wisely to create, to do things of, of purpose, not using our energy to distract, avoid to create lethargy, to create overwhelm and excess. Be aware of it. This is a big deal. I love this Niyama, you guys. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Hey, I am so excited for our app that's coming out. We're literally going to be doing this work in real time. We're going to be meditating and getting deeply present. We're going to be coaching and looking at your thoughts, looking at what's going on in your mind. We're going to be doing classes and journaling like crazy. We're going to be writing. We're going to be working. We're going to be training the animal. And then we're going to be doing bi-monthly challenges. And it's going to be freaking physical challenges, cold water therapy challenges, morning routine challenges, fasting challenges, yoga everyday challenges, 
walking steps challenges. We're going to train the animal and it is going to be incredible. I hope I see you guys there. Keep your eyes peeled. It's coming soon. I am so grateful. Thank you for listening today. I'll talk to you next time.